0: Welcome to the MacFab Engineering Podcast, a weekly show about all things engineering, DIY projects, manufacturing, industry news, and, oh man, we keep doing this. We forgot that it says picking parts, but that was from last week. Um, how about, uh, designing new footprint packages? We're your hosts, electrical engineers, Parker Dillman and Stephen Craig. This is episode 361.
1: So uh, last week I had mentioned that I was getting uh, parts in for a CNC build that I was going to do over the weekend, and it turned out that the parts got delayed, so I did not get to work on the CNC. Oh, no. I get to do that this weekend, but that's not what I'm going to talk about. Uh, Basically, because I had time uh, that I was going to use on the CNC, I ended up working on some other stuff. And I I have a handful of PCBs for uh, a new revision of a product I'm working on, That I need to place an order for and usually I try to lump all of my PCB projects together just so that I can place one order and make it easier and and I I had an itch the other day that ended up turning into a mini project so um, over the weekend I designed a cold welder function that I can attach to my TIG welder and. I guess, access a new function in it because I realized my TIG welder doesn't have a cold weld function or a cold spot weld, which isn't necessarily a feature that most TIG welders have. And it's I've never
0: heard of this before.
1: Well, I, so I mentioned this, oh, I don't know, maybe a year ago on the podcast, but I only mentioned it briefly. And and you know if there's anyone out there who is a welder, they're probably rolling their eyes at me right now because this is not a very respected uh, form of welding. But it's all but it's something I've wanted to play around with. Uh, so so if if you watch like welding social media and stuff, you you'll see some videos that come out of frankly they just come out of China of this of people TIG welding with a machine that does very very short pulses uh, that a very high amperage that just blasts a weld and basically sticks it together in a very very short period of time. And there's actually a few welders that you can buy that have this function and they call it cold welding. And the reason they call it cold welding is cuz it, it hits the 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 weld so fast and with so much energy that it doesn't actually heat up the weld considerably. So they they blast it and then you see someone like run their finger over it and they're not So it's bothered. not
0: cold welding, it's just less heat it's less heat welding
1: right 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 <laughs> well and and the thing is I've, I've been wanting to play around with it because it, it um y- you can you can get some cool results with doing thin material welding thin material with it so the thing about it is i i, I did a bit of research and, ju- and found that in order to to really pull this off y- you need to be able to set your welder to hit max amperage and do it in pulses that are between like one millisecond and a hundred milliseconds.
0: So- Okay, very quickly.
1: Like most TIG weld, welding devices have a pulse weld function where you have a duty cycle of on and off. But the thing about it is the, the, the duty cycle, you don't get to pick it to go that short. Like it doesn't go down into the, I mean like most of the time it's like what, half a second on is the, the
0: fastest it goes. Yeah, and I wonder what mine goes down to. I think mine goes down to like a quarter of a second.
1: Okay, that's that's pretty quick, but that's not in this territory.
0: No, uh, no, no, no. no. It, this it, is yeah. another uh, third of that, even also, on the high end.
1: Also, most of the time, the pulse weld on, on a lot of TIG welders out there, you get to choose your high amperage and your low amperage. So you're on amperage and then when it's off, but uh, I shouldn't say off. Uh, it's low amperage. You d- it doesn't actually turn off. It just goes... Between two states that are yeah. both on, whereas an actual cold welder, what it does is it blasts on and then turns off. It's basically so it's just
0: a, a single impulse. It's a hundred percent to zero percent. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. So, so I started thinking. I was like, it could is there a way that I could modify my welder to pull this off? And I realized it's not that hard to do because I can just spoof a foot controller, and. Control an entire thing with a five-five-five timer into the foot controller.
0: It's like you're you're just tapping your foot really fast.
1: Exactly, exactly. So I, I I so I actually have a little TIG finger, the little finger button thing, and it's not a proportional trigger. It's just an on off. It's basically just a, a tact switch that you zip uh. tie to your TIG torch. And um, so, so I played around with it trying to get really, really fast pulses with my finger. So, like, you basically just have to tap the button to try to get really small pulses. And, you know, maybe if you're lucky, you can get a hundred millisecond pulse with your finger, but it's never going to be um, consistent. consistent. You're never going to get that over and over and over. So uh, I, I realized, why not just cut the cable on my, my TIG finger? controller, which I never use. I use the foot controller if I want to like real big boy TIG weld. Uh, mm-hmm. Why not just cut the cable and put a 555 circuit in line with the cable such that it was a, a, a one shot uh, 555 circuit. So you press the button and it guarantees a particular duty cycle pulse out, which if you look at the, the circuit diagram for a foot switch on a TIG welder, there's actually only Uh, Five pins on it, and two of the pins are just a switch. That's the enable, basically. The -hmm. other three pins go off to a potentiometer, that is the position of the foot control, and that's just an analog signal that gets sent to the controller. And then, you know, if you have heel all the way back, it's the 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 lowest amps, and if you have toe all the way forward, it's maximum. So what's 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 interesting about that is. the, the the hot pin or the, the pin three of the potentiometer in there is some voltage. It's going to be different based off of some machines. I've seen five, 12 and 24 volts. Um, but so, so you have, you have basically a voltage ground and then you have a switch that you have access to. And if you, um, if you don't have your, what's it called? Um, uh, if you don't have the potentiometer connected, at least on my machine, it, it, Defaults to hundred percent maximum amperage. So, basically, with that little finger switch, if you if you short it, it just goes yeah. automatically to maximum. So, uh, I just designed up a quick little circuit that is basically just a five 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 that goes to a MOSFET. So it's like an open collector that can short out the relay coil in the um, in the, the the in the welder. And uh, there you go. So with one pot, I can choose the timing of the, of the pulse from one millisecond to a hundred millisecond. So all that to be said, I came up with this idea when I didn't have my CNC project to play with. And I'm only talking about it cause I got over 50% done with the project.
0: Here. Oh, you haven't tried it yet.
1: I no, I, I haven't tried it. I'm just going to get a board made uh, and, and, and slap it there. Cause it's just so simple. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it if there's not much adjustment needed to it. But my my goal with this is I want to make it as simple as possible. So I just decided to go with through hole because if it actually works, I just want to publish this and make it available for people. And I figure through hole is going to be the easiest for someone else to make. No, You
0: know, you know mo- most modern welders or TIG welders have like pulse TIGging. Yeah. You could basically modify this too, to be a at- pulse add-on you know, okay, so For any TIG machine. Well, any TIG machine that's got a five pin foot controller.
1: Yeah, five pin foot. Right.
0: It, it, what's Which funny is most is, of them. Un, unlike mine's not though.
1: So <laughs> I, I actually had to rein back this project because I already scope creeped it, and then I was like, no, I'm not going to. I was going to have two different modes on a switch. One where if you had the switch in one location, you would um, every time you press the button on the 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 tig torch it would send one pulse and then if you flip it over you could have another one where if you hold it down it would pulse at that particular duty cycle okay so um <clears throat> so that that could be like if you wanted to cold weld in a line just dot 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 uh that would still work with this i'm gonna just design i'm not design i'm just gonna make the the one press for one impulse one first and if that works out well and i find out that works maybe i'll modify it and do the two option one but there's Mm. no need to go that far right now like i want this to be as like bone simple as possible and it's literally just a capacitively coupled 555 one shot circuit that goes into a mosfet and there's pads for soldering the cable because you just have to cut the cable slap it together slap it in line and then there you go and, and it would also be cool to potentially have a third mode that just defeats the whole circuit so you can use the little trigger as it's normally intended
0: to Normally intended.
1: But I never use that thing so uh, I figure this, this seems a bit more fun. So the thing about cold welding though is it's frowned upon because it doesn't make super strong welds but for what I want to use it for I don't need super strong welds. I need uh, potentially what cold welding could offer. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about welding some, uh, bungs to my brew rig. And I would, since it's stainless steel and I'm not a great TIG welder, I don't want to just blow holes in my kettle. So if I could just put a bung up against it and click a few times and basically stick it in place. Uh, and you know, as long as it's watertight, that's all that matters to me. It's not like there's going to be a bunch of force on it on any of these fixtures. So, Uh, I, I I would, I would like to play around with that before, you know, the big leagues of trying to actually weld to my, my expensive pots. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to order the boards for that sometime soon. Basically it's getting lumped in with like six other boards that I'm ordering right now, which the other six are all part of one project. So I've got to finish those up, but, um, yeah, uh, if that works out, it could be a cool thing for people to build. It might also be worth, instead of a PC, like if I publish it, uh, just make a quick little, um, what do they call it, Vero board layout, such that if somebody didn't hmm. want to get a PCB made, you could still just one side solder the whole thing, almost dead bug it into your welder.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be cool. I haven't seen someone publish a a Veribor design in like ages.
1: I figure that the crowd, like the, you know, I don't know the welding crowd well enough, but they, they don't strike me as the kind of people who like are like really savvy in terms of ordering PCBs and soldering things up. They seem uh, so like maybe something that's a little bit more simple to approach. Yeah. And that's why like when I when I designed this up, I was like, how can I do this as easily as possible with the fewest amount of components? Well, 555 five, five, into your welder, just make sure that you cut the cable and solder the wires properly.
0: Yeah, and you can probably easily just, you know, you were talking about like a switch to switch over, like you could just on the same board, just populate different parts and it could be the pulse style.
1: That's you know? true. Yeah, for, for the pulse style, I was thinking, um,
0: it's just a resettable trigger for it.
1: I, I was just thinking about using a um, a transistor input as the basically the button press and then putting a square wave oscillator to that and then you just control the frequency of the oscillator. So an op-amp relaxation oscillator with a frequency control and then the 555 after that sets your pulse width. So in that mode, it would just be two pots, frequency and... Uh, pulse width,
0: pulse width, yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Um, I actually kind of wish my welder was a five pin foot controller now.
1: Well, what 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 kind is yours?
0: It's a it's the Harbor Freight Vulcan, which has a seven pin foot controller.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if if it would still work. You just need to probably wire the wires to the board seven differently.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering. You know what? That's what I'm going to do after this podcast. Um, I'm going to take apart the Vulcan foot controller and be like, why does this thing have seven pins? Yeah, because it's
1: it's three for a pot and two for a switch is usually.
0: Yeah, so Uh, I think it's a seven pin.
1: I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Oh, geez. Oh, the Vulcan TIG pedal. No, look at that. It is and whoa wow, it's more than that. It is a nine pin.
0: Nine pin? Yeah. But
1: wait, wait it's a nine pin? Guess how many wires it actually uses? It's just five. Someone's got a wiring diagram and it it's it's seriously, you could use it because it's just got three for a pot and two for a switch. And then it looks like it looks like four wires are not used, even though they they spec the nine pin.
0: Yep, there it is right there. Yeah. I wonder what that connector is then. Because then, so that was the thing because I was looking for like finger controls for that TIG welder. Yeah, like a proportional thing, like a pressure. Yeah, I was looking for, but no one, there's only a couple of people that make them and they're way more expensive than other options Mm -hmm. because they're like, this has the nine pin connector. I'm like, I wonder if I can just, like how much does the pedal cost? The one you might need to buy a new Vulcan... Well, I'm like, how do I get another one of those connectors?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I see what you're getting at. Yeah,
0: I wonder if someone's got the connector number.
1: Um, yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was something you could buy off
0: the shelf. Apparently, a ProTig one hundred and sixty five uses this connector.
1: Now, you know, he, here's one of the things that I'm not sure about yet. Uh, I'm I'm actually asking my welder to power this circuit. Now, it's going to be a very low current circuit, but I actually have no idea how much current can be sourced from the welder. Yeah. Uh, but the the good thing is, it's basically only having to power a five 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 timer and that's about it. So I I assume that there's enough for that. The other thing that I might have to do is um, I want it to have that range of one millisecond to a hundred millisecond pulse width, but I don't know exactly what voltage ranges everyone's going to have. And your different supply voltage is going to change those ranges for a 555. So I might have to say like, if yours is a 12 volt populate r and c is this if yours is a five volt populate this and this and i'll have to figure it out but but i think the 555 could handle whatever the voltages are it just doesn't um it just you just need different r's and c's for the the yeah the uh, for the, the ranges. Uh, yep
0: no one has the part number for that connector so i'm gonna have to start doing some digging Because rather than I have to, you know, sacrifice my my uh, one connector I have for this. Well, that's good to know.
1: Wait. Yeah. Hang on. I, I may have actually lied here. Uh, As in nothing's actually changed here. But I think actually my welder. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think my welder uses a seven pin as well. Uh, not a five pin yeah some use a five pin Uh, but mine uses a seven it doesn't change anything because two of two those are pins are, used two are unused well they're shorted so okay. that doesn't necessarily matter but uh, I when I when I was doing research on it I was only researching those five pins
0: <laughs> okay
1: so okay. But you never know maybe that actually works out well for you too oh well although yours is a nine pin it looks like
0: yeah yeah But everyone's saying those pins are not used, so
1: right, right. So it's it's just the five that matter. So as long as you identify what those are for your welder and solder them to the right pads on my board, then it,
0: it it'll just work. It'll just
1: function. Yeah. The other thing I don't know about is the switch that actually engages the welder. It uh what I've seen for welder schematics is that's just the low side of a relay coil. And so you're just shorting that out. I have no idea how much current that is. So I don't know (laughs) what MOSFET to pick, but my guess is it's probably low.
0: It's probably like 30 milliamps or something.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Let's say 50 tops. So most MOSFETs will be able to handle that just fine.
0: Yeah. Pick something that can do half an amp. It'd be fine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I, don't, like I, I really don't want to take out my TIG welder by making a goofy thing like this, but I really don't think it's gonna. Those are my I, unknowns. I like I'm asking for current from something that is not intended to give it, and I yeah. have no <laughs> no idea how much current flows
0: through the switch.
1: <laughs> you know what? I guess the both of those things would actually probably be pretty easy to figure out.
0: Yeah. Well, no. What you could do is. So you you have a voltage divider in there for your pedal part, right? And that's where you're pulling the voltage from the run your device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that the top rail, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's what's the t- entire current? or what's the entire? Uh, uh, I
1: think it's a ten k pot. Ten uh, k
0: pot. So whatever the voltage is out over that ten k.
1: Yeah, that's how much current is, it 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 it's expecting to give.
0: Yeah, that's how much she's expecting to give. So if you are under that, you'll be fine.
1: Oh I, yeah, I'm 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 almost guaranteed to be well over that.
0: <laughs> well it sounds like you need like cat feeder unreminder level of power savings. No,
1: no, no. <laughs> I think I think <laughs> I, I I almost I, I bet you because the well the, the the designers are expecting just foot pedals to be connected, I bet you they just hit plug the five volt rail directly into it. So like in all reality, it probably has a lot of juice that could come out of that pin. (laughs) Like (laughs) just because that there's no weirdo like me making these, these circuits.
0: Yeah. I I bet you there is some kind of like overcurrent protection on that pin. Like a, like probably a PTC fuse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe for some kind, some kind of safety, something or other. Yeah. But uh, I, I,
0: I, I wouldn't imagine they would have like a twelve volt rail hooked right to that pin coming right off the power supply.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I guess what I'm meaning is like it's not it's not like some derived rail. It's going to be the power supply rail that's connected to that pin. But there, yeah, there is probably something there
0: in case. Yeah, something there limiting the energy off that pin somehow
1: yeah how much how much current does you gotta think 555?
0: it's a welder i mean you gotta think it's a welder and what's in it what's in the environment of a welder lots of metal dust true yeah
1: so yeah i uh i'm looking it up now a 555 timer you can expect like 10 to 15 milliamp is supply current yeah. so i mean that's not much
0: no it's not much yeah no.
1: But if we're talking about like a 10k pot is what is expected, and let's say five volts over a 10k pot, we're talking about 500 microamps versus 10 yeah. to 15 milliamps. We're we're asking a lot more than it's normally expected from that thing.
0: Yeah, you're you're what four orders of magnitude too much.
1: So, you know, <laughs> if that doesn't work, I may have to get creative and find a different solution. Like you could always double bat batteries. And, yeah, you could just battery power the thing and that's yeah. no big deal but it would be way i would, I would try it yeah no i'm totally going to try because this would be super cool if you could just cut your cable solder it in place and now you have a new function for your
0: welder yeah kind of like a uh funny it's like an active probe for your 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 tig welder yeah oh, and I, it's a cool idea. I, I
1: i i i welded a few times with just the the finger switch thing it's so difficult with tig because you since you go from zero to 60 or yeah i guess zero to whatever your max amperage instantaneously basically that like you just turn stuff to puddles like in incredibly fat you have no finesse with that mode <laughs> i don't i don't even understand like what the what the purpose of that mode is i mean someone out there probably I guess if you're just trying to, like, really melt something, it works really well. But uh, the whole proportionality of of being able to control the amp with your foot position is, like, that's most of TIG is being able to do that.
0: See, I've been doing it kind of, like, a different way. I mean, I've been practicing, like, variability with your foot, but um, I've been doing it as, like, I, I'm, like, setting the TIG amperage what the level will be when the foot pedals all the way down is what I want. So like, let's say hundred amps. I'm like, I want hundred amps to weld this 316 steel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I don't want know if that's going to close or not. I have no idea. Um, but, uh, and then what I'll do is, so I'll, I'll basically be like pedal to the floor and then lift off a tiny bit. And then pedal all the way down to the floor. So I have a stop mm. when I'm doing my uh foot control. And actually a lot of times I will do um so I'll do like a practice piece of like the material thickness and like a practice of like the joint yeah. that I'm trying to put together. And it'll be like, what is the top end amperage I should be hitting to make this work? And I just set the machine to that, and then I do the thing and I'm that way I have a, a, so I'm not doing this like in between, like you're talking about,
1: yeah, like I'm like
0: hitting a stop at hundred percent and then yeah. backing off for my, uh, travel, I guess.
1: Sure. Yeah. It, usually I, I overset my amperage by about 20% such that if I need to just go balls to the walls and like burn through something, I can tow down maximum and I know I'm over what I need. Uh, so like yeah, I keep I, just, I keep my toe back a little bit. And and, yeah, and that just, just gives me some room to play with.
0: I just don't have that finesse. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Eh. Um I, and my I steel think, welding I, on TIG's not bad. <laughs> I,
1: I think the rule of thumb is one amp per one thousandth. So
0: I just read what says on the side of the machine and be like, okay, that's good. Yeah, do that. <laughs> do that. It seems to be it's definitely better than the side of my MiG machine. Hmm. MiG machine, I that it gets the amperage number, because it's just a number on the machine. It's like one through ten. Yeah. Uh, it gets that number right, but the wire speed is I, I mess with the wire speed more than the amperage on that machine. Yeah. So it would be like you know, this thickness steel, turn it to this number, and then it'll set to like 40 wire speed, which I don't know what idea what that is. So I'll start with 40, and then I'll be like, okay, do I need to slow this down a tad, or do I need to speed it up a bit?
1: Yeah. So, You know, um, a a video I was watching the other day reminded me of one of the the really useful aspects of the cold welding function. Uh, If you're trying to just tack pieces together to get them ready for, to run Mm -hmm. your actual bead and things. You know, a lot of times if you put a ton of heat into it, it'll pull really hard. And so if you don't have your piece, you know, fixtured properly, then, then you'll get stuff out of square or out of whatever you're trying to do. What's nice about cold welding is it does not pull as hard. So you can get your pieces together and just give it a quick blast. And it's enough to just hold it and hit the four corners. And then you can run your bead. It's way easier for stuff like that. So
0: that makes a lot of sense.
1: Last last year, Parker for my birthday actually bought me a really really awesome welding cart, and I've used it two or three times. Uh, but I'm trying to give it like a proper place in my basement so I can actually like if I need to weld something, it's just there as opposed to like having to get it out and move stuff out of the way. So I'm I'm kind of excited to weld up some new stuff. Um, I actually have a coffee table that I promised my wife when we got married so some time ago <laughs> like 10 years ago at this point <laughs> oh no we uh, we're approaching eight years so uh oh but, congratulations but, yeah thanks um I right after we got married I promised her a a table and I was like I'm gonna do it this year and uh, I'm gonna weld up the legs for that so <clears throat> having having extra features on the TIG never hurts
0: it's what we're we talking about. It's the projects that enable another projects. But this is like eight years down the road now. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I didn't even know about this feature when I
0: first. You know, but you're like, prom- I need to build it. your table now. Actually, when I first
1: <laughs> when I, I didn't even have a welder at that time, I had access to a MIG welder and uh, that was fun. Just being able to go and use my buddy's MIG welder because it was just super easy.
0: Yeah. Oh man, uh, before we go on to my topic, uh, since we're still talking about welding a bit, uh, over the weekend, I I always thought I was a. I'm not. I don't call myself a welder. Okay. Because I'm not, A welder is someone who is certified and trained to weld. Okay. That's for, in my opinion. Other people have different opinions about that. Um, I can use a welder to. Bond metal and steel together. Okay,
1: it's a lot of caveats, but yeah,
0: yeah, a lot of caveats there. I'm I'm not certified or whatever. Um, I, I always think I'm a was a decent user of that tool though. Like, um, I've built a lot of things that haven't fallen apart yet <laughs> <laughs> with my MIG welder. I have a Hobart 190. Um. I run like, you know, C25 gas O30 wire basic stuff. Um though over the weekend I decided to start working more on my 1965 Checker Marathon and I wanted to start doing some rust repair and I was humbled by 18 gauge steel. <laughs> oh really?
1: <laughs> yeah, 18 18-
0: <laughs> um Sheet metal is a I need I need to practice again.
1: Oh yeah? It's kicking your butt.
0: Dude, I, uh, Yeah, like we yeah. Like what was
1: happening? We just blasted holes. Through?
0: It? Yeah. Yeah. Even on like setting one wire speed like 30 <laughs> <laughs> 10, ten <laughs> amps. Whatever one means on that machine, which is it's like gonna be more, 10
1: amps, but yeah, it's and, low. Yeah. And
0: I I even went on and I uh I even set the I went down to, I actually even got O23 wire, which is like the thinnest.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, it's probably not the thinnest, but it's the thinnest my machine can do. Um, And had to learn how like O23 wire does not act anything like O30. Um, yeah, it's thinner, but like just loading it, it's such a much more fragile piece of steel that's in your machine. So it likes to like bind up and like Curly Q and stuff like that. Like the moment, the moment that the neat, the nozzle, like it, you know, sometimes you'll like accidentally like arc your, your wire to your, your nozzle, right? And uh, it will like stick there. Yeah. With O30, you, you kind of like just pull the trigger and like try to zap it, <laughs> blast off, and pop it off <laughs> and try to blast. Yeah, try to blast it off the tip. Can't do that with O23 because the moment it gets hung up, it will, Curly Q all up in your machine. Mm. And so you have to go take it and like you just lost like 10 feet of wire and reset everything back up. Um, That's a pain. So learning all that, um, still blasting holes through 18 gauge steel <laughs> with that. <laughs> and. Um, so, I think I, I've got some leftover sheet metal too from that project. Like, I didn't finish it yet. Uh, I still have a lot of grinding to do. To do so, wait, wait, but, but
1: did you end up successful?
0: It has a patch panel. <laughs> 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 and it's better than it was before. So, the panel's there.
1: You just have to clean it up a lot.
0: Yeah. So, the bottom side's actually pretty clean. I got to do the top side cleaning. And probably had to re-weld some stuff and I did order some, like actually like get some magnetic copper backers to help me not just blow through the steel.
1: Mm, yeah. Soak up some heat.
0: Yeah. It actually, the problem actually wasn't the new steel I was adding cause that was 18 gauge thickness. The problem was the old steel is somewhere between non-existent and 18 gauge.
1: well an 18 gauge is uh like 50 thou just a little under 50 thou so that's already like close to nothing
0: yeah it's not a lot of material yeah um well close
1: to nothing in terms of like when you get when you sit down and do welds on like big chunky steel and you feel awesome because you. yeah
0: usually i've usually like eighth inch is usually the thinnest i usually like yeah, eighth inch is like usually the thinnest I've, I I I would do because I, I I weld fences, suspensions, yeah, like right. that kind of stuff, right? Not sheet, <laughs> not sheet metal, um, and
1: and you see, actually, this goes exactly back to why I was even designing the the, the TIG pulser. Like my multi-hundred-dollar, you know, stainless steel kettles are like twenty thou thickness, and I don't want to go messing around with a TIG welder and just blast giant holes through those because that would happen instantaneously.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm realizing I probably should have. The problem with this patch is there wasn't a straight surface on it at all. It was a, honestly, like a kidney bean shaped material. because mm. It was like cut out of the trunk and the trunks got a lot of weird shapes to it. Um, And, uh, I'm like, man, there, that'd be so hard to get the fitment of that. Basically I was like looking at, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get the fitment of that steel close enough for me to TIG weld it. Mm. And so I decided to MIG weld it. And (laughs) that was what I should have done is because actually I, I, I used the MIG and I was actually able to tack it in really well. Mm. It was when I started to stitch it. What I should have done is, Use the MIG to stick it, tack it all in because that then, was And then finish easy. it with the TIG? And then finish what I could with the TIG and then maybe bring the MIG back in when I needed to do a little gap filling. Yeah, yeah. Or actually learn how to gap fill with TIG better. See, okay, and, and, and
1: with TIG, that's where having the foot control is is amazing for that kind of stuff being able to to find control your your amperage basically your heat into yeah you know sheet steel
0: but the problem is it's also was the trunk and so about half the time i was basically like balancing on my gut on the back <laughs> of the trunk yeah. like halfway into the car because you gotta remember this trunk is big enough to fit like eight golf bags
1: Right, it's a big
0: trunk, Um, and so it's like I was like, even if I could TIG it, it's like I there's no way I can control a foot pedal. (laughs) Also, so I need I would need finger control, and and, I need to get a finger control. You got
1: to think about it too, TIG. Like at, at best, you're gonna you're gonna be doing like two inches or three inches of like a good weld. And then you have to reset and do the next two or three inches. You'd be there yeah. all damn day doing it.
0: I was there all day anyways with the MIG. So it wouldn't have matter. Basically what this this is the first kind of sheet metal repair I've ever tried to do. What this taught me was there is not there's no such thing as a shortcut.
1: Hmm. You just do all. it right. And then you just it. have
0: to do it just to do it the right way. Yeah, so um, you can do it the right way with the MIG. And I'm going to keep. I just got. Pra- I just know with the. Because I've done actually thin stuff like that with the TIG practicing. I know I could do it mm. like and not blow holes through it. It's just. I need to practice with the MIG to not do it. So I actually ordered some like copper magnetic backer stuff to help with that. And then actually, like, they make like sheet metal butt clamps that like hold everything together. Mm. Um, just so I can like. I'm gonna cut some strips out of uh, that leftover 18 gauge steel and just start practicing MIG welding with it. Yeah, because um, it is. There's some cases where like you should just MIG weld it instead of TIG weld it. And then I want to practice more on the TIG too. But I, in that situation, there was no way I could TIG it just because I couldn't. There's no way I could do a foot control.
1: <laughs> right, right. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, so the when it comes, to I need, doing- I will
0: need a. I'll need a finger control, and then what I would probably have done is is tacked it all in, yeah, with a TIG, and then done. Um, I probably would have just set a pulse on it and just done it that way.
1: Yeah, and and just move in the pulse. Yeah. What what's the strategy with MIG for doing that? Is it lower amperage, faster wire speed?
0: Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> Why, my stuff looks like garbage. Why are you yeah. asking me that? That's well, uh, that
1: I mean, the, the thing about it is, like, I can... Here's the thing. I can tell you what I've read about what's proper with TIG. I can't necessarily show you what's proper with TIG.
0: Um, I don't know, because, like, I couldn't figure that out. Like, I was adjusting. I, I basically... I was, like, amperage, nothing, Okay. And I'm like the moment it felt like sometimes the moment the wire would hit and the arc would form, it would just blow through and it'd be like, well, <laughs> and then sometimes it'd be fine. It's so I'm like, and it's not prep. Cause I went all the way down to bare steel and uh, cleaned everything with acetone. And then I, I actually even sprayed it with a, uh, a, uh, copper, um, a weld through primer, mm-hmm. just to even everything and make sure like if I had anything overlapping, it at least would have a primer in there. Like I did all that. Like the prep was good. There was yeah. nothing wrong with prep. like, usually when that kind of stuff happens, it's a prep problem in welding. Uh, it was not a prep problem. And I'm like, I just, sometimes it would just go right through and sometimes <laughs> it would just, it'd be fine. I'd be like, well, I have no idea. Yeah. So huh. it could have just been because that, is like 70 year old steel and it's varying thickness around it it's not an even 18 gauge anymore mm. it, you know it's it's a little rusty
1: I, I i i've read before of people blowing holes in welding not because of their settings of their welder but because they had their gas flow too high and the gas flow like pushed the 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 I've, bead
0: through i that was actually one thing I thought about um, and because I do have my gas set. You could – because, like, the normal setting is, like, 30, what, 30 SCFM or uh, whatever that – I think it's S, SCFM. Um, you
1: see, that would be really, really high for TIG, but for MIG – That is really high
0: for TIG. TIG is, like, um, 10. yeah. But I actually have my machine set to 40. Oh. uh, Because I usually. You're blowing on your welds. um, Well, because I was welding outside on a smoker. (laughs) Last time I used the welder. True, true, yeah. And I was welding like almost quarter inch steel at times. Yeah. Um, So I needed way more gas. Uh, And so I did turn it down. I actually turned it down to like 10. Hmm. um, Just to see would I still have good. Basically, because you just need it there to cover your weld and prevent it from oxidizing and cracking up but also in at least in mig um because it's used it's partially co2 which is not a inert gas and it reacts and it actually causes more heat and so i'm like well if i use less gas there's probably gonna be less heat too because now there's less co2 to react and that actually was true like it actually wasn't as hot that's something i but, but i probably could have read that on the internet but i actually just figured that out by playing around with it <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i uh, but uh, do you think that's preferable with the uh thinner gauge stuff
0: it seemed to be i was i was a lot more successful that way no oh, for cool. sure yeah. which i think with tig though it doesn't really matter how much argon you flow like in terms of heat
1: I, I think there's, the a, just, there's a threshold. Once you past that threshold, it doesn't matter until there's a, there's a, there's a lower and an upper threshold. If you're within those bounds, then you're just going to, that's, that's your Goldilocks zone.
0: Yeah. Cause like you could use straight argon with MIG. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. Um, it's just usually with MIG, you want the CO2 to help heat up, like to make it hotter.
1: Yeah, I think with with TIG if you if your your gas flow is too low, you'll just burn your electrode. The electrode doesn't yeah. get the coverage it needs and then it just
0: doesn't need it oxidizes. Yeah. Um I wonder. I've actually never tried welding MIG with argon. Might be worth a go. Should be able to. If I recall, my machine even has a chart for it. <laughs> Because it has Mm -hmm. different numbers for it. I'm looking it up real quick. Apparently, it just makes it weak and brittle. Really? Yeah. And I guess you use the uh, CO2 helps not do that. That's interesting.
1: I wonder what the mechanism there is.
0: Yeah, what makes the CO2... Ah, it is actually on the, um, it's cause it's prone to undercutting. Hmm. mean that you're, you don't have enough heat into your weld. And so your, your penetration is not as deep and it's a sharper like V.
1: Ah, oh, that makes sense.
0: The B profile sharper. Wh- so is sharper, which is, so you do need the extra CO2 to help heat it up.
1: The, the funny thing is the whole genesis of this entire topic is cold welding which is like making very very thin surface welds that are not uh, that don't penetrate virtually anything at
0: all yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wonder for a, for really thin sheet metal I got I got to do more research how about next week I'll I'll talk I'll see like if this was a good idea or not yeah um is with thin sheet metal, is it okay to weld with argon? Does it just inherently make a brittle weld, or is it just because it's just doesn't get penetration, it's a brittle weld? That's two different things, right? Yeah, and I mean, if, you're, if your thickness is, is really thin, gauge, does it even matter, thin. right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, does it help you control the heat better with MIG if you run 100% argon? And not just blow through it. Yeah. Hmm. Especially as I have a tank of argon right over there, I can just swap over. would not be very hard. (laughs) No. Actually, I need to go get another tank of C25, too, because, like, I looked at it, and I'm like, huh, it says 300 PSI on that gauge. That's Hmm. not good.
1: Is (laughs) C25 pricey?
0: Huh? Is it pricey? C25? No. It's i I think the last time I filled up that tank, it was like forty bucks. Oh, okay. And That's you know, I get, than I get argon. Yeah, because it's well. Yeah, I mean, it's only seventy five percent argon. It's twenty five percent CO two. So it's got impurities. Um, well, impurities, argon impurity. And argon's not even that expensive though, either. What's expensive? Go buy some tri gas. Yeah. <laughs> Which is uh that's the gas i can't remember what it's made of um but it's the gas you use to weld stainless Mm -hmm. with mig that was like 260 bucks a tank and the tank i'm talking about is oh how big is that tank I think i have 120 i think i have 125 size yeah 125 size tanks.
1: helium argon and co2 is trigas. gas
0: yeah that was not because i had some projects i was welding stainless and there's before i even had a tig and so i'm like i have a mig i can mig stainless and actually i did is i got through the projects and it was fine but i bought a tank of try gas and that was like the most expensive thing i've ever bought my i felt like it at the time i think it was like 200 something dollars for the gas
1: wow helium is uh not the easiest thing to get
0: yeah i think the helium makes it expensive
1: oh absolutely
0: yeah but i i my tanks are 125 cf so they're the they're the tall skinny ones because after that size, the tanks get fatter.
1: Yeah, I think that's what I have as well. And whenever I get uh, a refill of argon, I think it's 65, 70 bucks, something that like that. That
0: sounds about right for argon. Yeah. The C25 is cheaper. Could yeah. just be because like, it's Houston, Texas, and there's a lot of welders. <laughs> too. Yeah, that's true. And most of them are running MIG. So. all right let's switch topics
1: yeah (laughs) we've did the 45 minutes of welding
0: or do you just want to stop there and we'll talk about this topic next week
1: yeah why not we'll just have this as just a welding special
0: yeah um let us know like i know we have a lot of people that do weld in our slack channel um yeah yeah uh,
1: get on our slack channel and and beat me up for wanting to do cold welds with my dig
0: I'm just really I do interested. Pl- I
1: really want to see if, if they're like usable for, for something uh, like, it, yeah. I, I really want to play with them.
0: I could definitely see it usable. The tack stuff together before you fully weld it,
1: especially thin stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, like sheet metal, like, mm. uh, I'm, I'm totally seeing that as being something to be really useful. Cool. Um, so yeah. Uh, That was the Macrofab Welding Engineering Podcast. We have no right to be even talking about this subject either. We're hobbyists at best. At best. We're your hosts, Parker Dolman and Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Take it easy. (laughs) Thank you, yes, you, our listener, for downloading and listening to our welding podcast, apparently. If you have a cool idea, project, or topic, or welds you want Steve and I to know or to show us, tweet us at Macrofab or at Longhorn Engineer or at Analog ENG or email us at podcast at macrofab.com. Also, check out our Slack channel. You can find it at macrofab.com slash Slack.